The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Truth be told, Gary, I'm, I'm plan B for today. He called me Thursday. He was going to have Brian Williams come and talk to you because he was actually there in Acts 13 when the church sent Solomon Barnabas out, but he, he couldn't, couldn't be here today. We're going to look in Acts 13 and talk about the church on mission very briefly and then see some of what that looks like for us. We're just going to read the first three verses. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a member of the court of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord... And fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Can you imagine that? It's there in the first century and already you've got church leaders who are from Israel. You've got church leaders, Lucius and Simeon, who are from North Africa. You've got a member of Herod's court. And they've become the elders at the church at Antioch. And they say it's good to send the best out. To take the gospel to the nations. See, it's about letting folks know of God's love. Ultimately, it's about God's glory. John Piper says this. He says, worship is the fuel and goal of missions. Well, what does that mean? What's the context of that? Here in your bulletin, it says, missions exist because worship doesn't. See, God is gathering for Himself a people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation. But there are places in the world today where people are not worshiping Jesus. And so missions exist because worship doesn't. We send people out to share the love of Christ and to raise up worshipers for every tribe, tongue, and nation. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. Worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. The goal is that church from every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered around the throne. That's what we're aiming for. So missions exist because worship doesn't. And if missions, or if worship is the fuel and goal of missions, then we've got to say that really the church needs to be the fuel and the goal of missions. We ought to fuel missions, and missions ought to result in little churches, little assemblies popping up in every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's what the early church believed, and that's what we believe. So just like it seemed good to send out Barnabas and Saul many, many years ago for Temple Bible Church, it seemed good to send out folks like Charlie and Vivian Stoner, who served in Brazil for 38 years. seemed good to send out Craig and Brenda Landrum, who served in Mexico for a couple of decades, and now serve in Spain, planting churches there. seemed good to send out Jack and Mija Coles to Tanzania. And then, a little bit later on, it seemed good to send out folks like Bill and Christy to the Middle East, and Tim and Nino to another nation in the Middle East, and then George and Jenny and their family to the Philippines. See, Paul and Barnabas, they went and they preached the gospel where it did not exist, but then they would also make tracks back where they had come from, and they would see these churches that were growing up and visit with them. 
So it seemed good about 24 years ago to go and connect with this church working in Ukraine. You see there Nikolai on your right, my, uh, oh yeah, on your right and my right. You see Nikolai there, whose hair used to not be so gray, and Greg Gilkerson, Craig, uh, Craig Ludrick, and then there's Pavel, whose hair also not used to be so gray. And then Peter Lazarenko, a faithful member of the Ukrainian church who has gone to be with the Lord. It seemed good to partner with this church and take the gospel out. In fact, 20 years ago, Pavel had a young man in his church named Nikolai that they called Kolya, who was serving faithfully. He was doing ministry. He knew and understood the Word of God. And while Gary was there at a conference, they actually laid hands together on Nikolai and sent him out just like the elders did Saul and Barnabas. And so now he's planted and has had a church for 20 years there. It seemed good to send out someone like Amy Jez, raised up, she and her sister and her sister's husband, all on the same team in France, raised up at TBC, her parents' faithful members for decades and decades here. It seemed good to launch her to reach atheists and Muslims in the south of France. And then God brought us Jeff and Amy McKissick and their family, and they served planting churches in Paraguay. It seemed good to send out our best. In six months, we'll send out a couple more couples. We'll send out Brandon and Sarah, and we'll send out Wes and Samantha and their children to a people group that has eight known believers among it, with over a million people in the Muslim world. See, we do this because it's what the early church did. What did it look like for the early church, and what does it look like for us? Well, Paul said... I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, but I, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of Him will see. Those who have never heard will understand. There were two things that happened. Just like we send folks to the unreached, Paul took the gospel to the unreached, but then he also partnered with churches. He also partnered with churches. He strengthened them through encouraging them, through teaching them, through sending them letters, through sending people like Timothy, Silas, Epaphroditus to them. So 23, now 24 years ago, Gary and others took that first trip to meet Pavel and Luba Marchuk and their boys, Sergei and Yura and Sasha, to partner with his church in Belyatsirk of Ukraine. What a gift to our body to have over 20 years of partnership with them. And then about three and a half years ago, we were talking about doing this again. We were talking to Alarm about where they needed partners. They had talked to us about Rwanda. And we said to Celestin, Celestin, could you connect us with some good partners? Could you connect us with some good partners? And he said, yes, I can do that. So Celestin called several guys, but one of the guys he called was his brother-in-law, Bernadette's brother. And he said, Salathiel, what are you doing? And Salathiel said, I've been on the mountain over our church looking at our region and I've been praying that God would send us partners. And Celestin said, well, I've got some people coming from Texas. And so they were praising God in Rwanda as we were praising God here in Texas. And this is the church at Basse. So why don't we welcome up Salathiel and Jean-Baptiste who are from Rwanda. Why don't you guys come?
So this is Salatio, Nsingyumba, and Jean-Baptiste Pakizumana. Jean-Baptiste is going to translate. He's Salatio's son. He's also in the ministry, and we're glad to have them today. Salatio, this is your church at Basse. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? You can see he's a Texan from way back. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank Chess for the opportunity to talk more about my family. He has already mentioned a lot of things we are doing back home. And he mentioned about how our, the partnership started through Celestine Musekura. And uh, our father here, Gary. Praise God. Amen. I have one wife and Mary Rose. I have nine children. Five boys and four girls. We all love God and Jesus Christ. We love serving God. My wife is always busy preparing meals so that we go in the ministry Feeling well. Children are not also lazy. They're always moving up and down, fixing things at home and making sure we are taken care of. They are singers, they love music. So they love singing, dancing, and when people come to see them, he, he's saying, then he gets fish, and he gets them. That, that's the, the people who come, he calls them fish. Now he gets fish and brings them in the church. Amen, amen. <laughs> well, you, can, you can see these are some, they've got some lighter skin members of their family with them there as well. And then this is just a little picture inside the church. They love to worship there at Basse. Tell us about your church at Basse and how God is at work in the church. God is doing wonderful things in the church in Basse. And we praise him because behind us there are people pushing us and making us go ahead, go ahead. Praise God. So when we came to Basse, we found many people, but who were poor, others had lost their 
they had, women had lost their husbands, and so we found widows, orphans because of war and genocide that took place in Rwanda. And so all of these people were very poor, and the government cannot support all of them. Nero, so I felt hard for the, the women who um, were widows and these women were uh, prostitutes and that, that was the way they could get money to survive and to take care of the children they had. So he called them and talked talked with them, and they received Christ and came to church. Now, they formed a group called Birashoboka, which means all is possible. All is possible. Because God saved them, and now they are proclaiming the good news of Christ, and they are going to those who are still behind doing practicing uh, the, the evil things they were doing, like yeah. those who are still prostitutes. So they are evangelizing to them and bring them to, to Christ. Yeah. And, Thank you. and the youth that has been also taking drugs and moving around the streets trying to steal things, we reached them through... Uh, sports and soccer. We play, we play soccer with them and then we share Jesus' love with them. And together with the government, we work hand in hand to lead this nation, to lead the people of Rwanda into, uh, towards a good life. Amen. 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 When we talk to these guys, amen. When, when we talk to these guys initially about how can we help, one of the things they, they first said is, is, would you come and train our pastors? And when we heard what they're doing, seeing these ladies who are in prostitution come out of that, seeing some marriages restored, orphans and widows cared for, we thought maybe these guys should train us. But really, they, they asked, would you, would you help us by training our pastors? Because when we train a pastor, then that impacts the entire church. So you can see some of the pastors from the Basse region here. They're about 15 total. And then we took Charles Cooper over to a conference. Can you tell us just about the theological education these men have had and how the conference helps? Pastor <laughs> Thank you again, Chase, for the opportunity to talk about the pastors. The, the old man you see in between there, close to him, he's his father-in-law and he's a pastor. We are now taking care of him with his wife at his home. Now they cannot do anything. They need uh, full-time support. But that time, 
That time he was able to walk, but now he is not. We need to lift him up. So he was asking me, can you take me to the church where you're serving? I want to see. So he started the Baptist church in Rwanda in 56. From Congo to Rwanda, he was the first who brought the Baptist church in Rwanda. And so we have been receiving support from you, people coming to train us, and also we have been helping pastors to train them into teaching the word of God and to reaching the community and the Christians in church and give them the right food they need to, to, to have. Amen. So, Jean-Baptiste, one of the things that we have done is when we ask you guys, we try not to come and say, here's how we want to help, but we ask, how can we help? And so you guys mentioned motorcycles for pastors who are walking many kilometers. You mentioned goats. You mentioned health insurance, which we've got these health insurance cards put here. Could you tell us um, just how having a motorcycle has helped you and, and other pastors and then how health insurance helps these families? Amen. I say amen again. Uh, I love um, um, the ministry that is going on there. Uh, we received motorcycles as a gift from here, and uh, it has and it's still helping pastors who have been traveling for 30 or 40 kilometers from their homes to the church. And so it would take them hours, hours to get to the church. So you can imagine they will not have time to visit homes of their believers, the Christians. But on the way coming, when they get to church, they are very, very tired. So when it's time to give a message, time to preach, they're already sweating and they cannot stand. And sometimes they wake them up, hey, it's time to preach while they are sleeping because they're very tired. And now the support of motorcycles has helped them be able to come from their homes and get to church on time and also minister and take time to visit um, the saints, and then go back home. So they are not absent at home, and they are not absent at church. I personally um, have re-experienced a good, a good um, life uh, with the motorcycle I got that I have been able to go to churches. I live in Kigali City, which is the capital city of Rwanda. So to get to my dad's church, it takes an hour. Uh, and if I used public means to get um, to churches there, then I may even get there when the service is over because I have to wait for the bus to be full and also it stops on the way, many stops. Anytime someone is getting in, someone is getting out, so I'll be very, very late. But the motorcycle has enabled me to reach the churches on time and it was always safe to be there and go back home. Amen. Amen. With the health insurance, yeah, yeah, 
I was going to skip that and the picture is there. So with the health insurance, uh, it's a new system in Rwanda. Now the government has been trying to introduce this system of people having insurance, uh, medical insurance. So before people, would, um, whoever would get sick uh, would really, it would get worse at, at home because they were fearing to go to the hospitals because of money, and they did not have money to pay. And so we uh, got another support with the health insurance, and we have given to many uh, around 80 families, 80 Mm -hmm. families, and uh, all can have good access to medical care, and they can go freely and are treated well. So this health insurance is... um, valid for one year, and it doesn't really cost a lot to some who can get money uh, to, 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 to buy it. But some find it very difficult because you need to pay for the whole, the entire family to be given, I mean, to be allowed to receive treatment. Yeah, so it costs $4 a year per person to insure someone medically in rural Rwanda, but you have to insure the entire family. So for some folks, twenty twenty five dollars would would be like saying five thousand or six thousand to us, but going through the church to do this, they share the gospel and lives with these folks so here 's where the story I think really gets interesting um, when we put these goats up here because i 'll tell you i don 't know about you guys i haven 't bought a goat in a while, and in temple texas you you might not um, you might not understand really how useful a goat can be, but they can use everything from the manure to the milk, and they can do more with a goat than you could imagine. And so they said, we, we'd love to have some goats, and, and we gave some goats, um, but then Danny was in Ukraine doing a pastor's conference and began sharing about uh, the churches in Rwanda, and the churches in Ukraine got really excited about the opportunity to partner with us and getting goats for these families through the churches in Rwanda. So I'm going to ask Pavel and Nikolai to come up and you guys to welcome them as they share about this because they gave these goats. Pavel and Nikolai, it's good to have you guys up here as well. You gave these two goats and about 20 more to the church in Rwanda. And I thought this was your idea, but you were telling the early service um, this was not your idea, but how God brought it about in your church. Would you share with us? Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's very good to, to come to good friends. About gods, uh, one time... Uh, Danny Cunningham come to our church and uh, he talked about uh, ministry in the, in Rwanda. <clears throat> uh, and uh, after service, uh, young girl, maybe 16, 17, 17 years old, she come to me and uh, ask how we can to help uh, people in Rwanda. I did not think about this. But uh, she uh, gave me 100 grivna, this is about $10, and said, 
our family want to help them. Uh, I can't just speak with her. Uh, my voice was like, I have like spasm. Because this girl was from a very poor family. Her parents uh, deaf, and this family poor. And I think, why this girl? Understand what they need. But I did not think about this. I said, okay, we'll talk uh, about this. Uh, I take this money, uh, and uh, I said, we'll talk about this later. And I can't speak with her more. But after this, I uh, met uh, some more pastors and uh, tell them this story, and we decided to collect money for and uh, send to Rwanda. This God's come. And then the goats came. Praise God. Can you imagine? You know, I love hearing Gary speak about what a generous body this is. And whenever we have a need, you guys are so faithful to share. And we were so encouraged to hear about this. This poor family in Ukraine says, we want to help. And you think about what sort of leaders these men are that are, are raising up that sort of generosity in their churches. Well, here's a look at some of the Ukrainian pastors, and then they've got some American pastors with them there, and then their wives. And there are six or seven churches, seven churches now in BT area. So there are seven churches in Ukraine that we're partnering with, and we're grateful for that opportunity. A long time ago, we began to go over and do conferences, and we've had a great partnership, a great relationship. Times are difficult for the churches, though, right now. It's a hard time for Ukraine. Can you tell us about what's going on in Ukraine and how your church is serving? Uh, now we have a hard time in Ukraine because of war. And uh, many people from East uh, come to another area and maybe about 3,000 people now in our city. Uh, and our, church, our churches, uh, we try to help them uh, we try to help people who come to our city and who uh, there in East. Mm -hmm. uh, these people who come to our city with, uh, for Christian people, we try to uh, rent flat for them, help them to find a job and uh, help them to have food. Uh, and we call to the government and ask them to give us um, Phone numbers, uh, these people who come to our city, we invite them to a special meeting for them. We make, uh, we prepare tea, some cookies, we talk with them, we ask about uh, their problem, we ask how we can uh, to help them, and uh, we prepare uh, some uh, food for them. Mm. Uh, and sometimes they come and said, can we take food. Uh, and we don't want to stay with you here. But we said, no. Uh, our first uh, responsibility, uh, tell you gospel. And after this, give you food. Amen. Not like this. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's great. And we send some uh, uh, food to East. Uh, we, three times we send uh, food. We collect the uh, food, uh, people bring potato, cabbages, what they grow uh, in mm -hmm. the, the gardens. Yes. And we buy some food, 
and about three times about 6,000 kilogram sent to Donetsk, Lugansk uh, for churches there. So that's, as folks come from the east, they're, they're caring for them, but then they sent 6,000 kilograms of food right up really to the front lines of where this war is happening. Folks are stranded there. They don't have food, so they're reaching out and caring for people in a wonderful way. Amen. You see here Pavel's family now, and one of the conferences that we did where Gary, Danny, and Stephen and Julia Chung were there with the pastors, and here's Pavel doing his best Clint Eastwood impression with Charles Cooper. Um, This is a, a picture of the 20th anniversary celebration we had at Pavel's church this year for Kolya. It's 20 years in ministry. Um... Коли, could you tell us what, what's your greatest blessing of 20 years in ministry? Greetings to you. Очень, очень благословенное переживание делать то, что Бог поручает. This very uh, important to know uh, what God want to make through you. Было приятно делать первые шаги в создании новой церкви вместе с вами. I was glad to make first steps together with you when we start our church. Было приятно видеть, что братья всегда на протяжении 20 лет вместе в единстве. It was very good to see how uh, our work together with you was with unity. But most important for me was to understand how we can to serve to another nation when we have first trip to Russia, to mission, mission trip to Russia. Возвращаясь назад, мы анализировали пережитое и понимали, что мы соприкоснулись с вечным. Eight pastors from uh, our area we have trip to Russia, and when we, when we uh, came, came, came back, uh, we talk about uh, our trip in uh, cars, and we feel like we. Touch uh, eternal. Touch eternity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after this, we start to think how we can help these people, and we start to make a mission conference. На прошлой конференции прошлом году собралось 900 человек молодежи, готовых. Last uh, conference and last year conference, uh, we have uh, we make this in Kiev because uh, we have many young people who was ready to come. We have 900 young people. Нам будет приятно видеть ваши молитвы, слышать ваши молитвы о дальнейших наших шагах. We understand this because we work together and you pray for for these too. So 900 young people together. 
thinking about taking the gospel to the nations. And then the end of this month, the 27th and 28th of February, they'll have another youth missions conference launching out folks into former Soviet states all over uh, the Muslim world in Central Asia. They've also got a young man. You have a young man named Tartum, or Artum, who's at your church, and he became interested in missions, and now you guys are sending him. Where are you sending Artum? Uh, Artum uh, has ministry now in Thailand, and he has, he, there will be four months, and when he will come back, he will, must finish seminary, and he won't uh, come to Thailand again and work with uh, Buddhist people. So this church that we began partnering with now, taking the gospel all over the world, one of the things we do there is pastors' conferences. Another thing that we do is partner with them at a camp. This photo you see is of church leaders at a camp. Pavel, will you tell us how you guys use this camp for ministry, how it's been a blessing to your church? I want to say, to say thank you for support uh, our work in camp. Thank you for help us to have this camp because... Uh, every uh, every summer we have about uh, 700 uh, people who come to this camp. These children, youth people, lady, leaders. We have uh, uh, meeting meeting with leaders there. Uh, we invite uh, one uh, team work special for not Christian people. And we invite uh, uh, children from not believer family. Mm. We, we ask um, so, so, social service. Social service. Uh, yeah. They help us to have uh, children from poor uh, family. Mm. Uh, we help them uh, to have good food and uh, teach them gospel. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Doing great work. Amen. And I want to say thank you for uh, team, because every teams, every su- every summer we have good team in uh, our camp. Thank you so much. Amen. 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 And we have a, a food drive we do at Christmas where we gather food for families. How, m- how many families were you guys able to help this Christmas when you gather food for families? Uh, Sometimes we have uh, we help uh, family from churches for poor family, uh, but uh, now, especially when uh, we have many people from east, we prepare uh, uh, food from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this Christmas. We have we has special meeting. We invite parents and children. Mm-hmm. We prepare uh, gift from children, mm. Christmas gift, and food for parents. Uh, we have, uh, I think, uh, about uh, one half hundred. Uh, one hundred and fifty families. Wow, that's amazing! Super, super. <laughs> It's just another, another picture of, uh, of a, a meal that one of the churches there is having and these pastors again. See, when we do this work with pastors in Ukraine and pastors in Rwanda, the reason we do that is because we want to partner with those local churches. 
what we want to do is this. We want to be the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. And so there are all kinds of ways that we can do that. We can send a few, like Paul sent Timothy or Epaphroditus or Silas or called for John Mark to come. But there's this great role to play in praying and in giving. And so your generosity makes things like this possible. I'm going to have Gary come and the pastors from Rwanda come and have Gary pray over these guys. But as he comes, you can see in your bulletin what you can do. If you want to give to their support, the greatest need anybody in the missions world will tell you and the greatest need that these pastors have is monthly support. So if you want to give to support pastors in Rwanda or pastors in Ukraine, you can make checks to TBC and just put Ukraine pastors or Rwandan pastors. And I'll go straight to their ministry. If you want to support the projects they're doing to help widows and orphans and the poor in their communities, you can put Rwanda projects or Ukraine projects. And that last thing, the psalmist in Psalm 67, he prays. How many of you pray for God to bless your family? Anybody here do that? The psalmist prays that in Psalm 67. He says, Lord, bless us and make your face to shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. He says, let the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God, for you rule the nations with justice. You guide the peoples with equity. Let the peoples praise you, O God. He says, Lord, bless us. And then he says, the earth has yielded its increase. They've got a harvest. God's provided for them. And it says, the Lord blesses us that the ends of the earth may fear him. Cause your face to shine upon us so that the nations may know that Jesus is Lord. God's provided for us. He's blessed us. We're a generous body. Let's memorize Psalm 67 this week. It'd take you a very short time to do and consider how God will use us to impact the nations. Pastor Gary. You know, these are faithful men. We've been privileged to partner with them uh, just in the last three years with their brothers from Basse. And uh, the result of that is you've seen how they use their gifts to God's glory and everything that they have is his. And uh, as we've partnered for 23 plus years, when we first went to Ukraine, uh, Pava was a pastor, our sister church, Kolya planted the first church out of that. Uh, He took care of us, both of these guys on multiple trips there. And uh, we're grateful. We're grateful for the work that God has. It's a privilege to partner with them. We've learned way more than uh, we've taught them. I mean, the lessons we've learned in generosity of faithfulness, lessons we've learned on honoring the Savior with your life, of hospitality, all these things are there. Lord willing, in two weeks, Bev and I will be in Basse, where we'll be with our brothers here, uh, preaching on a Sunday morning, both of us, and uh, honoring the Savior there. And uh, in the fall, we hope to be in Ukraine to minister to them. If you have been to the Ukraine at some point in time, would you stand? So anybody that's been to the Ukraine from our body, there we go. These are a number of folks have been to the Ukraine. Would you keep standing? Anybody been to Rwanda, uh, would you stand? Anybody that's been with us to Rwanda? So you can see that the Lord is uh, working in our body. You can talk to Chase about short-term missions opportunities. And uh, we desire to be the whole church preaching the whole gospel to the whole world. Amen. You can't all come up here, but you can stand and you can place your hands in this direction as I have the privilege to pray for 
these dear brothers. Father, it's with great joy, with great delight that we honor these men. Father, we're grateful for their faithfulness. We're grateful that they walk with you, they honor you with their lives, they seek to be men who take the gospel to their people. And Father, we pray that you continue to give them a vision, a vision for ministry, a vision for loving you. And Father, I I pray for the nation of Rwanda that you would use these dear brothers to impact the sphere that they're in, that many folks will come to know Jesus as a result of their faithfulness. Father, thank you for faithful men who are using their gifts and talents to your glory. Father, thank you for my dear friends, Pavel and Kolya, for the many years of ministry together, for the privilege we've had to honor the Savior together. Father, for many people who've come to know Christ in Ukraine, for for literally hundreds and hundreds of pastors who've heard the truth and now impact hundreds of churches, Father, because of the vision you've given these men. Father, what a delight to partner with them. What a delight to come alongside. What a delight to learn from them. So, Father, teach us. We've learned this morning, as we've heard from them. We've learned of your goodness. We've learned of your faithfulness. And, Father, I pray a result of that, we would be found as faithful men and women taking the gospel wherever we are. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for his blessing.